Hello, podcast world, and welcome to another episode of Chatting with Kathy. I'm Kathy Kelly, and my guest this week is a friend, peer, and all-around good human. Another host doing host things in Los Angeles and doing a dang good job at it. She's got her own show on Dash Radio, has built a great YouTube channel, and so, so much more. It's Giselle Ugardi. I am not even going to talk too much before getting into this interview because she says some really cool tips about the industry. We talk about tacos and our love of The Bachelor, and we even get into dating deal breakers a little bit. Hope you like it. Check it out. We are here with my friend, Giselle. We've known each other. We met in hosting class a couple years ago. and. Me? I was so intimidated by you. Yeah. Why? I don't know. You were, you would get up in class and you'd be so smiley, but then you would get down and I feel like you were just really focused or like, I think both of us have a resting bitch face. <laughs> and, and I just remember being like, oh, I don't think she likes me. And then I, I think I hung out with you maybe two or three months later and I'm like, she's cool. She's good. She's good people. She's good. <laughs> I've been told a lot of people tell me that I I come off as a bitch like at first and I don't know I think I'm just shy. And then you find out that you're the this little Midwestern girl who just likes making cupcakes and is actually like the nicest person in the whole world Aww. and would not hurt anybody or anything intentionally. So it's yeah. fine. It worked out in the end. We also have the Midwestern connection because you're from Minnesota originally, right? Minnesota, <laughs> yo betcha. What was it like growing up there? What was family life like? Family life was amazing. Um, Summers, I love summers in Minnesota, but most of the time it is cold. Winters are really long, and I was just thinking about this the other day. I feel like I'm so close to my family and a couple, a handful of friends there because I feel like we were stuck in the house for most of the year. (laughs) So we were kind of forced to hang out with each other because my family was not all outdoorsy. Sledding for me was like the little hill in my backyard. We didn't do skiing. We didn't go camping like a lot of other families did. We didn't have a cabin. Um, instead we would go to like Texas and hang out on a dude ranch and again, be stuck in like a small town with yeah. our gigantic family. My dad's one of eight. My mom's one of five. So I have so many cousins. Uh, but surprisingly enough, even though Minnesota is so known as like Minnesota nice, I actually went to a really catty high school, Really, really, really catty high school. I don't even think I could trust my quote unquote best friends from high school until the day we graduated. And like now I still have three really good friends from high school. But honestly, I remember a lot of high school for me actually being really difficult because I remember hearing, you know, overhearing either on TV or conversations that, you know, if you're a guy's girl or if you're a girl who can't get along with other girls, there's something wrong with you. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, is there something wrong with me? Like, am I not a good person? Like, do am I hard to get along with? Yeah. And then I went to college and immediately found out, like, nope, there's nothing wrong with you. Just the girls you were with were bitches. And girl friendship does exist. And you can empower other women. And you can, like, have friends who aren't going to be jealous. And you can have friends that if you're wearing an ugly outfit and you ask them how I look, they're going to tell you rather than that, like, bitchy girl who's like, oh, you look great. But really, you need to, like, go wash your face or something. <laughs> Frenemies frenemies yeah not not worth my time anymore no thank you if I like you you will be in my life if not no thanks I think that's a good lesson though like there are going to be people in your life who maybe aren't the most sincere and they don't have the best intentions but how did you how did you overcome something like that 
I mean, I think it's something that I'm still overcoming, especially in this industry. It can be really difficult to figure out who does have your best intentions and who is trying to use you for something else. And it's, it's really like an everyday kind of a thing. But I think the difference is that in high school, I think I was constantly searching for that approval and trying to figure out how could I be friends with that group or how could I, you know, get validation from someone. And now it's just the kind of thing where I'm confident in myself and it's easier said than done. It's not like I just, you know, left Minnesota and became confident. (laughs) Although I will say that I definitely do feel like once I did leave Minnesota, I could become more myself. Like I remember vividly, uh, my freshman year in high school, I remember I started off high school and every day I'd wear a different outfit, like different shoes. Like, you know, I love my shoes. Um, (laughs) and then I just, I, I would constantly get ridiculed by these girls of like, oh, like you think you're so cool because you wear these expensive pants, but then also, oh, like you look homeless. So there was just like a never, I could never win. So I remember like there was just one day in freshman year of high school where I was like, you know what? Screw it. And I ended up wearing pretty much jeans and a sweatshirt every single day for the rest of high school. And then I came out to college and I came out to LA and finally I'm like, oh, you can do whatever you want here. You can look homeless if you want to. You can look like a million bucks if you want to. And you can do that all in one day if you want to. And Um, And like little by little, I've just learned that you can have friends from all different groups, but ultimately the most important approval that you can have is like that comfort with yourself. And that's really the only thing that's going to matter. And that's, I think what's going to lead to success is when you are comfortable being imperfect and with your awkward, weird, who knows, whatever self. (laughs) I was going to say, I feel like that probably prepared you for Hollywood and maybe for YouTube. And you you realize that you can't please everyone. Yeah. And that even though I'm sure, like me, you're seeking approval, <laughs> um, it's not always going to work out. Totally. But I think, I think there's, it's just a different mindset now. And even like you mentioned YouTube... Um, you know, YouTube is still a space where I'm not completely confident. I think it's, it's almost like harder for me to put up a YouTube video because I have to edit it myself. And then from there I have to watch my face just over and over and over. And I think the more that I look at my face, I'm like, your makeup looks weird there. You're, there's a hair out of place, but like nothing that my audience would even notice. Um, but worst critic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're your own worst critic. But I think that one thing that I have learned in like the on-camera space, in relationships, in like friendships, I mean, mostly relationships though and on-camera, let's be real, is that like, it's not the matter of like pleasing everyone. It's sometimes just that like, it's the matter of like being the right fit. Like if you don't get that job that you really, really want, or if that guy decides that they would rather date someone else, like it doesn't mean that you're not good enough. It just means like there's a better fit for you somewhere else. And like, yeah, I think it is important to like have the mindset of like, there's always room for improvement, but at the same time, like you want to be true to yourself and you never want to think that you're less than like, we're all human. We all have a past, whatever that may be. Like I've learned to judge others less probably because I've like fucked up a lot, (laughs) but I made mistakes myself too. Like I've been the crazy girlfriend before and the naggy girlfriend. Like I've been the one who, for whatever reason, acted out of character and created drama out of nothing or overreacted to something. And I mean, you just, from that, have to just have sympathy towards like, oh, you know what? Let's just, we're all going through something. We're all going to go through something. And you just have to like, just be understanding of that and try to judge less and Mm -hmm. speak less and like learn and listen more and realize like how much more you have to learn. We all are 
still growing and no one's ever perfect (laughs) after you left minnesota did you do i know you did pageants when you were younger (laughs) i did one pageant too i I just wanted to bring it up because i think it's now looking back on it that was one of the most important days of my life when i was in the moment and looking back i'm like i i'm almost glad that i didn't win uh yeah (laughs) Um, yeah, I did do pageants. I'm like, I love when my voice cracks. I'm like, yeah, I did. <laughs> I did do pageants, and I am really glad that I did. Because for me, the pageant wasn't just about winning. It was about, um, for me, it was actually, it was like kind of like a body challenge for me. Yeah. I wasn't, I was a dancer, but I didn't consider myself to be really athletic. I didn't know anything about, like, food and eating and nutrition. Like, I knew about, like, yo-yo dieting because my mom was all about Adkins growing up and then my brothers were football players and we eat everything like literally everything and so for me like when I did pageants I lost like 40 50 pounds to do it and so that I think was an accomplishment on like on its own was just the fact that you know here I was the girl who was a chubby girl and then all of a sudden I'm winning like the physical fitness award so that that was really cool but I think what it also taught me was like here I was you know, 50 pounds less, and I still wasn't really happy with my body. I was still, like, learning who I was and, like, what makes me happy and, like, who I am when I look in the mirror. Um, but definitely I learned a lot. Like, you know, being on stage is one thing. Like, preparing to interview, like, constantly being the interviewee mm-hmm. and not the interviewer. Um, and I also, at, at that time, like, I wanted to be a doctor for a really long time. Like, really? when I was starting pageants, um, I just, I was applying for colleges wanting to be a plastic surgeon or a dermatologist and and not bragging but like one of my talking points was always the fact that I was really good at math and science and so it was interesting how I think pageants and like having a platform and having a cause and like doing all these public speaking appearances I think that is sort of what made me have the transition of well I was actually down to um, either Johns Hopkins or USC for schools And ultimately, I think I just kind of had this rebellious moment where senior year, I'm like, well, you know what? I'm not going to take math class. Let's see if I still get into this, you know, into Johns Hopkins. I did. Um, But I also got into USC. And so I ended up coming out to L.A. and pursuing the communication route, which wasn't always something that came easily to me. I guess it did, but maybe I think I didn't think so because I had some teachers who weren't as, like, encouraging about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But now I'm like, oh, you were just a sexist pig and fuck you. (laughs) So I don't know. It's, It's interesting how, like people have those small little pivotal moments where had they picked the other road, their life could potentially be drastically different. Yeah. And, and that's not to say that I would be unhappy. I just, I have various interests, I guess. Yeah. I actually was at that crossroads as well, where I was told that I should either go to UCLA and be a math major or go somewhere else and pursue journalism. And I chose journalism, yeah. even though like that wasn't, I never did well in English class. Like I could barely formulate a sentence because I was so awkward when I was in high school. I'm like, oh yeah, I want to talk on television. (laughs) But I think that that's so interesting, your take on pageants. Um, What would you say to people that do feel like pageants are kind of misogynistic? And I mean, like that's that's kind of a, I want to know because you said that you lost a lot of weight for it, but that's, it's also one of the, the reasons why people criticize them. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, to each his own, I think everyone's going to have their own opinion about it, but I also feel like everyone who's actually in it, they feel so incredibly empowered by yeah. it. And, and you know, Miss America, it's still the largest scholarship program for women in the whole world. 
Like, you know, I know people kind of laugh at it and they're like, well, it's a beauty pageant. What does that have to do with scholarship? But really, truly, I know women who've gone through it and they've gone on to become doctors and lawyers. And it was so much easier because of all the help they had from sponsors. And they became so much more outgoing because they had to put themselves out there to people and say, like, can you please help me? And honestly, for me, like, you can call it misogynistic, but to me the total package part of that does come from being someone who is physically healthy. And I know physically healthy does come in a lot of shapes and sizes, but there is an extra challenge when it comes to getting on a stage and rocking a swimsuit. And you could be confident rocking a swimsuit if you have cellulite, if that's you like good for you. But for me, that's not what my ideal picture is for myself. But at the same time, my ideal picture is not bones either. I think everyone has like that comfortable weight where they're at. And I think ultimately, and especially you know, maybe not so much with the Miss USA organization because it is more of like a supermodel pageant and they do have a lot less of a weight on like talent and interview. But for Miss America, I do think that a lot of weight is placed on how you carry yourself and how you conduct a conversation. Wait, no pun, pun intended, no pun intended. I don't know. I don't know. But, but I will say, you know, that's not to say that I do feel like pageants now are not what they were when you and I were teenagers and they're not what they were when we were little kids. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember Miss America didn't even have a sash when I was competing because everyone was just supposed to know who she was. You know, she was such an icon in our, in our society and she was such a role model for people. Now there are pageants for everything and everyone. There is like a knockoff version of this. You can buy a crown, but for those who do it for the right reasons, I think it's something that can be really, really powerful and, and, and a growth period for them in their lives. And you can get a lot of connections and, um, and of course, most importantly, you know, scholarship and money and friends, sometimes friends, not always, sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I want to talk about how I feel like you are a very empowered female, not just from the pageants, but from other things. As I mentioned earlier, we met in hosting class and you are someone who I think a lot of people, hosting in LA do look up to because you're a self-starter. I know you can produce your own content, but do you find that challenging at all? Or is it something that you enjoy doing? Well, thanks. And I, I know that you, you also share the same skill set, and people feel the same way about you. Um, I do think that it is, I've never, it, it can be a challenge in that. I kind of mentioned the editing thing before where it's, kind of annoying when I'm editing my own project and I get so critical. I have videos sometimes, you know, I, I honestly think I could probably upload a video on YouTube every single week, but I don't because a lot of times I'm like, do I want to upload this? I don't know. Is it the best that I can do? But then I look at, you know, some of the biggest YouTubers who like film out of their bedroom and it's out of focus and like they're grammatically, you know, off and, and they're doing great because if anything, people relate to them because they're human. Mm -hmm. Um, but I will say that as far as my professional career goes, I've never, ever been in a situation where I've been hired just as a host. I've always been hired because I'm a host and a host and a writer, a host and a producer, a host and a social media influencer, um, you know, a host and a radio personality or internet personality. So, I mean, if anything, I think the fact that I'm able to wear a lot of hats has, if anything, just helped my credibility has helped, um, you know, people to trust me more. And it's also given me a lot of creative freedom and some people don't like the creative freedom. Some people really just want to walk in, read the script and get out. But for me, you know, if I take on a project, if I, um, you know, get cast with a network, I want that project to be my baby. And I want my team to be my family. 
Like that's something that I want to be able to like live and breathe. And I think it's so important to be able to have that skill set because then you're able to appreciate your crew. Like a lot of people don't understand how much work goes into that person who's doing the audio mixing or who's just like holding the light or getting the light perfect. Like I don't even know how to do all that stuff, (laughs) but I know from like either trying to learn or starting to learn or knowing like the most elementary version of it that like they're doing really hard work. And, and so from that, you know, I think I'm able to get along a lot better with who I work with, you know, have that gratitude for those people and also like make sure that I'm saying like, Hey, Thank you so much for all you do. And I, I know that they appreciate it back. And that's why I sometimes get, you know, jobs from other jobs or I get asked back to do something. And I've had situations like that where they've, you know, I've, I work with a lot of brand integrations now. And a lot of times they work with bloggers or influencers and they just want to work with them once and then they want to work with someone new. But I've had situations where they never work with someone new or they always work with someone new. They never ask someone back, but they'll ask me back because they're like, well, not only are you a personality, but you can do this too. And we appreciated that you work with brands and all that stuff. So I think, you know, the more you can learn, the better. I mean, I, I know you know what it's like to move out to this new city and when you don't have a lot of experience, like people aren't even going to hire you as a host unless you have a reel that is actual material, not like green screen, fake produced stuff. And I took every job that I could, you know, PR, writing, Mm -hmm. editing, copywriting. Um, I've learned, you know, I bought a camera. I learned how to use the camera and you can do that. There's no excuse now not to have clips, not to have a portfolio. You can use the internet for anything. Like you can, you can use Facebook to write a blog post. Basically you can, um, you know, upload videos to YouTube. You can upload audio to SoundCloud. You can do all that stuff. There's no excuse why someone, if you want to be in this business should reach out to you and say, yeah, sure. Send me your materials. And you'd be like, um, I don't have any, even if you're in like, especially if you're in college, I feel like these days, so many colleges have a million resources, internships you can take advantage of and people just don't. And you should, you need to. I would say too, like to that point, it's not just about reels and stuff anymore. Like I realize that a lot of the the jobs that I've gotten have been through connections of doing a good job, being reliable, like you said, and then them asking you back or referring you to someone else, um, as opposed to blindly reaching out and applying for something with just a reel and a resume, because then you're just a number or like one of 500 in a casting call, which is not a fun place to be. Actually, so this is kind of unrelated to hosting, but I did have, um, I guess we'll just call it a casting submission. Okay. I'll just tell you guys. So I, I maybe wanted to submit for the bachelor. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, for reals, I wanted to find love and I, um, I didn't end up submitting because it was just a long story, but I wanted to make my casting submission stand out and I actually attached my video pictures and application to a box of cupcakes because casting people are children. (laughs) Let's be honest. (laughs) They are children and they need the bells and the whistles sometimes. And you need to figure out what is it going to be that's going to make someone watch your tape or most importantly, keep watching that tape. You know, you need to make yourself stand out in those first four seconds and people are getting creative now that they have those capabilities at their fingertips so you know of course it's not necessarily the bells and the whistles that are going to get you hired but you need to be something different and not someone who just reads copy yeah i mean anyone's gonna notice you if you have a box of cupcakes (laughs) you bake them for me really you're the master of the cupcakes oh my gosh it'd be a video i think we need to do a collaboration on my channel with kathy's cupcakes deal i made uh pumpkin beer cupcakes the other day um okay well we need to top that 
somehow. Okay. Yeah. I'll figure it out. I had fireball cupcakes too. Once. I know. Those are- <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna be like, what about the whiskey cupcakes? We need to do. We need to do like tequila margarita cupcakes. Oh. By the way, I mean, I don't know when this is gonna go up, but right now it's Mexican Independence Day. So if you're listening, Viva Mexico. I was gonna say I really respect your necklaces. You have not just the cross, but tacos. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I. It's funny. I feel like I. I don't know a lot about cooking, but I like to cook. Yeah. But for whatever reason, every time I start cooking, it turns Mexican. Some I don't know why. It just I think salsa and cheese just makes everything better. And I just think that I just kind of love tacos. I noticed that. I feel like everything I eat somehow turns into like a taco. Like if I'm eating Greek food, like pita, and I wrap up the kebab like in that. Like <laughs> sushi is basically a Japanese taco. Yeah. Like my pizza, I even like roll it up. I don't know. It's just it's in my blood. It's a spice in there. <laughs> the Latina flavor. Uh-huh. Uh, so I want to know, is there someone in the industry that you really look up to, like one person specifically? Um, you know, I, I think there are, there are a few. I mean, I love, I've always, always, always admired Jennifer Lopez. She's not a host, but she is someone who I think does it all. And mm-hmm. I think she she's known for her work ethic. Yes, of course, her sex appeal and how well she ages, but, um, but she's known for her work ethic. And I also appreciate the fact that, um, you know, she hasn't pigeonholed herself into this Latina stereotype, like say Sofia Vergara has. And that's not to knock her down in any way because girlfriend has created an empire based. She can do so much and all pretty much revolving around this character of Gloria, who I think people think she is in real life. Um, but you know, that's, that's always kind of been a a struggle for me, which we can talk about later. Um, I definitely admire so much like Jimmy Fallon and Ellen DeGeneres who are not only known for the work ethic, but also like being nice mm-hmm. and giving back, which I think is so great. Um, but I, I think it's just, it's so important, especially for us to be able to take little nuggets of the people we admire, but then also try to figure out how we can swing it back around to our generation. Because, you know, people ask me all the time, like, what's your dream job? Like, what would you want to do? And the truth is my dream job used to be, I want to be Juliana Rancic. Yep. You know, I want to be on E! News and host E! News. Now, I don't, I, I don't know that I would necessarily be able to turn a job at E! News down, but, like, that's not my dream job anymore. Like, that's not, if I were to take that job, I think it would be, like, a placeholder for the next thing. Um, I've, I've learned a lot about myself, and I think I've had a lot of experience in this industry where I'm kind of, if anything, kind of going through a transitional period because I had a peak of everything that I wanted. I had this incredible job. I was actually working for the Today Show Australia, as you know, for over a year. And it was a great, great, great gig. It was two days a week. It was, <laughs> it was on network television, but it was in Australia. So, you know, I still kind of could live my life and have my privacy, but I was, you know, getting this network opportunity and having a lot of exposure over there. And, um, and then I was able to take on projects over here and it was a lot of entertainment. It was a lot of gossip. And I think I just kind of woke up one morning and I was like, you know, I love the fact that I can come into people's lives and entertain them or tell them about this glamorous place called Hollywood. Um, because I think that's something that I really looked at, you know, from being in the Midwest, like I want to go to Hollywood. I want to go to LA. It's so glamorous over there. But I just kind of woke up one morning and I'm like, I really don't like gossiping about people who I don't know. And 
I really don't like comparing people or like making them look bad or finding the flaws in other people. And I think it just kind of made me look at news so differently, especially with a lot of the news even going on now where you see it's not even really news anymore. It's all about ratings. And that kind of like that kind of pulls my heart in weird directions. Like I hate the fact that, you know, Kim Kardashian's pregnancy style or lack thereof is making headlines when there are so many different things going on in the world. So I'm trying to do a lot more bigger picture things or like lifestyle things or just empowering things. Cause I think we just, as a society, for some reason, like we focus too much on the negative. Like even when it comes to like the new, like shaming movement, like everything can be shamed now. Like you can't even like speak your mind anymore. I don't know. This could be a crazy big conversation. (laughs) I'm like getting carried away. Um, but I think it's important to understand that you can totally have a dream or a vision for yourself and get there and there's still room for growth like you you can reach your goal and then be like you know what this is cool but I don't know if this is what I want anymore and you can still change your path and like figure out what your next calling is going to be and who knows who knows what that's going to be for me maybe this will be like a soul-searching you know conversation (laughs) like what am I gonna do next (laughs) and these are the days of my life Kathy Kelly. <laughs> what should I do? <laughs> should I tell you what you should do right now? Sure. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like I've been going through the same transition where it's been harder and harder to talk about celebrity gro- gossip. Like, it's it becomes more real. Because, like you said, when you're in the Midwest, you're not attached to what's going on there. It's just, it's not real life. And then being in the epicenter of it, it's like, either you know them or you know someone who knows someone. And... It's tough. Yeah. It's not easy. Well, it's, it's not, it's not easy and it can be, I think it can be a little draining. I mean, for me, it was a situation where, you know, uh, one second, the new, like, you know, we're talking about ISIS and then all of a sudden, now let's go over to Hollywood with Giselle. Zach Efron got a puppy? Like, um, well, that's a difficult transition. Uh, let's see. You know, it's yeah. just, I don't know. So, I think it's just a matter, and I, I, the other thing too that I think is so interesting now with the internet is you have people who are commenting on your content. Like before, you didn't have that. And what I think is so interesting to see is that like you and I are feeling this, and we're in Hollywood. But for me, and the, a lot of projects I've been working on lately, the demographic is a lot more teenagers and young adults, and they see it too. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, they are saying stop comparing people, stop creating drama, stop looking out on the bad. And they see it too. And they want, like, they want someone to champion a movement that is more positive. And I think, you know, people keep saying like people are attracted to the negative and people are attracted to the drama, which, you know, it is unfortunately true, but I have noticed a lot of people who are flocking to the drama because they want to be part of the movement that fixes it. Mm -hmm. And there, there are too many people who are pointing out problems and not offering solutions. So I don't know. I don't know if it's ever going to change. I hope it does. And, you know, I hope that maybe we can be drivers of that force in some way. I know that I'm so much happier when I'm just talking about casting news or (laughs) what charity a celebrity is (laughs) investing their time into as opposed to what celebrity they're inside. Like, it's, it's a lot more rewarding and it makes you not feel like crap at the end of the day. Um, but 
we have been a little bit down, so I have to do some some positive questions and some fun things. Um, I do want to know before we get into the fun questions. We talked about what you wanted to do back in the day, like what your dream job was. So if you had a time machine, hypothetically, and could go back 10 years, what words of wisdom would you give yourself? Um, let's see. Don't date that guy. Um, don't drink too much here. Um, I think, I think the, the biggest thing is I was always just trying to grow up so fast. Like, so if anything, I would want to just like slow it down a little bit. Um, I would have, I think I, I would have tried to focus less about what other people thought of, like what other people thought of me, what other people thought of me. Um, because I do feel like there were a lot of opportunities in college. Yes, I did internships and like the college news station, whatever. But I remember there were a couple of things that I did back down on because I'm like, oh, well, that's her thing. Or like, oh, mm -hmm. she doesn't like me. Um, or there were times when I feel like I kind of drifted out of my college mode because I was dating a guy who didn't go to my college. And I feel like I missed out on a lot of moments. Um, but I, at the same time, you know, like those experiences with the stupid guys, I think have also prepared me for what I'm doing now. Like now I have my millennial talk show on dash yeah. dash radio.com. If you're not familiar get familiar, no commercials, 50 plus stations, Kathy and I are both on it from time to time. Um, and a lot of what people like to talk about is relationships. I think that's kind of interesting, you know, like, and this is kind of going off on a tangent, but like one interesting thing I know is like, if I meet a girl and we've never met before. I don't know anything about her. There is something really interesting in that you can ask her about her dating life or lack thereof. And like <laughs> all, all of a sudden, like you guys can become best friends. Yep. Like people bond over like dating and relationships and like that kind of conversation. And um, so I think that's really, that's really fun and interesting. So if anything, I would say like, don't focus on dating so much. Um, try not to be so old because I remember always wanting to like look older and act older. Um, but I also think too, like, like we've been talking about through this entire time and it's a lot easier said than done, but like, just focus on being yourself. Mm -hmm. I remember like, I tried to dumb myself down a lot. I tried to make myself more Mexican. I tried to make myself more not Mexican. Um, just to be, conform, just to, to, conform to that. Like, yeah. I'll never forget this one time where, um, I walked, it wasn't an audition. It was a workshop. I think you were actually there and it was in front of this really big casting director and if you weren't there, you know who he is. I'll tell you afterwards. Huge, like really big casting director. Exactly yeah. And, um, and I, like I had a read, um, which means like I read a script if you're not familiar and, um, and I, it was fine. Like it wasn't great. It wasn't bad. And I remember afterwards, like I went up to the casting director, introduced myself and kind of said, you know, what did you think? And he was just like, mm, well, honey, I mean, when you look like that and by that, he points at my hair, which was, you know, really big and curly, very Sofia Vergara. Um, and when you look like that, and he did this gesture of an hourglass of my body, I mean, it's 2000, I think it was like 13 or 14, honey, like anything less flamboyant than Sofia Vergara, it's kind of underwhelming. And I'm like, I, what? Like, I'm not, that's not me, first yeah. of all. Like, I'm very proud of my roots and who I am, but I'm an American, yeah. like through and through. Yes, I speak Spanish, but like, I speak. Hello, I speak English very well. I am educated and I'm proud of that. I want to get my master's degree. I would love to teach at a university. Um, and I remember in that moment being like, do I need to like put my tits out more? Like, do I need to like, do I need to get darker spray tans? Like, should I be trying to like better my Spanish? Should I like not be, I don't know. Should I not sound 
intelligent. Like, yeah. I don't know. And I really honestly doubted myself. Wait, can we talk about this, though? Yeah. Because I remember that same exact casting director told me that no one would ever take me seriously because he could see my cleavage. So... <laughs> This is the prime example of why you cannot take, like, you have to take every, every criticism with a grain of salt because you're going to run, like, you're never going to be good enough for people. You're either, like, I, I know that I personally run into people saying because I'm cute or whatever, I can't be smart. Or if I don't dress up, if I don't put on makeup, like, then I am like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's not dumb. It's, yeah, you're, you're ugly if you don't put on makeup. Like, they're so many just double standards and you're never going to please a hundred percent of people not at all and i think that's a good thing i think when people have opinions that are different than yours like take it as a learning opportunity like don't get defensive about it like take a breath step back Mm -hmm. maybe they do have a point but maybe they don't (laughs) and you just have to just no, it's it's also nothing personal. Like, dude did not know me. Like, yeah. he did not know anything about me. And um, and interestingly enough, I ended up getting cast like right after that for a few different like Latino opportunities. And I mean, snaps, wrong. snaps. <laughs> but you know, it's just it's it's interesting, and that's also a struggle that I've had in this industry too. Is a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, wait. So you say it's like I I pronounce my last name Ugardi, but yeah. you know sometimes I'll say Ugarte because that is, you know, the proper. the proper way. But, oh, my gosh, you speak. Okay, let's put you on the Latino version of this, Latino version. Of, okay, Mexican this. And I'm like, no, hold on. Like, I don't want to do the Latino version. I want to do the real version, but be the Latino on the show. Like, I don't want to do a lesser than or a knockoff version. Like, I want to be a part of the real conversation. Like, if you don't get that, I'm sorry. Like, in some cases, of course, like, I need, I need the money. I'll take the check. But... You know, lately I've been able to know myself also well enough to where I know I don't want to do that. Yeah. I think that you also have to invest your time in things that you're passionate about, too, Mm -hmm. because there's so many different opportunities and there's not enough hours in the day to do all of them. Yeah. And you don't want to whore yourself out. You don't want to wear yourself out. And, um, and, you know, like, yes, of course, you can't, it's not like you can pay the bills in lip gloss. You can't, <laughs> like, it's not going to work. Like, there have been times where people have been like, oh, we can't pay you, but we'll give you, like, makeup. And I'm like, mm, no, like, you have to know your worth. Yeah. People don't understand outside of the industry that most jobs, at least when you're starting, I can say for myself, the first two years that I was out in LA, first three maybe, I wasn't paid a single dime for hosting. Yeah, I I would probably say at least the first year, maybe even the first two years, it was the same thing. But like, you need to know when to say when because you're going to wear yourself out yeah. too. Okay, so some fun questions. Are you ready? I don't know. We'll see. Always ready for fun, Cabby Kelly. <laughs> have to ask, what ingredients... Go into the perfect Chipotle burrito. Oh, well, I actually get a bowl. Oh. Yeah, I get a bowl. I just had Chipotle, actually. So I get um, brown rice and lettuce as my base, and then I switch it up between, like, half chicken, half carnitas, or half chicken, half barbacoa. I get every salsa, the corn, lots of sour cream, and guacamole, of course, chips. And I basically just turn it into, like, a giant nacho castle thing. That's my Chipotle. I just learned that you can get about 44 more percent of Chipotle ingredients if you get the bowl as opposed to the burrito. 
I think that's probably true. I don't think there's any way a tortilla would have fit around that bowl, and I think I won't be hungry for the rest of the day. <laughs> and if I am, that's really sad. Okay. If you were to pick one emoji to describe your day, what emoji would it be? Today? Yeah. The one with no mouth and just the eyes. Even though I've actually been talking all day. I was going to say, that's a pretty emotionless emoji. I know. (laughs) It's been kind of, like, obviously this has been fun, and I've actually been really, really busy. But I think inside, I mean, you're not watching, but, like, today, my hair is, like, so dirty. I just put it on top of my head. I, like, started to put makeup on, but I'm like, mmm. It's just Kathy. I don't need to impress her. Well, no, it's not even, I had, that's the thing, I had two other things that I recorded today. So, no, it's not just you. In fact, it's Mexican Independence Day. So, you'd think that I would have been really festive and like put on like sassy lipstick or something but it was just like one of those days where I'm like my skin is not working my hair does not want to do anything like I just I'm just kind of drained right now and I need to find a spark of some kind to just pick me up and luckily I think a lot of music has picked me up the Chipotle definitely picked me up you picked me up nice but I think probably the no eyes emoji or um or I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat here the new rainbow throw up Snapchat icon. Yeah. That's kind of my my day mood. <laughs> the best thing about doing podcasts is you can wear PJs or gym clothes or whatever, and it's it's great. No one can tell. You should be really flattered I put on pants. Mm. I feel like by the end of the program though, I'm gonna be the one with her hands over her head. Like, Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> would probably be one of the cake emojis that's me every day it's my it's my um my dog batman's birthday today oh, yeah. he's two kathy's known him since he was a baby he still is but happy birthday batman you were the the mother too what is what kind of dog is he he's a shih tzu ish loves to nibble and he has like the biggest underbite that's so crooked there was this one woman who was like your dog needs braces i felt like it was someone telling me that my child was ugly it was really offensive yeah that's mean why would you say that i don't know so rude i hate this is just a pet peeve of mine which i have to get off my chest but i hate when people are like no offense but or don't mean to be rude but and then just say the most offensive rude thing possible i hate when people leave comments like that no that's what someone just left a comment the other day and they're like i don't mean to be rude but kathy's really not that bright like i mean i i almost want to make a youtube video about this because it's like hold on a second like you're writing that comment on my wall or like you're tagging me in that comment you know i can see that right like they wouldn't say that to your face though no they wouldn't say it to my face but like they just don't they don't it doesn't make sense to them it's like okay imagine that you just moved into a new house you decorated it perfectly and decided i want to have a housewarming party and then you got all this catering done and you got the cake and you invited all these people and like you said bring friends whatever and then imagine if i come into the party i take a little bite of the cake and the barbecue chicken and i take my shoes off and you know i sit on the couch and then i go straight up to you and go this party sucks bye like that's what leaving a bad comment on my wall is like like you're stepping into my house and you're writing shit or the worst hey um so and so like someone were to tag like someone else hey so and so i thought this was you but you're prettier or something like that like you're on my wall like hello i don't have that many followers like rude people need some uh manners lessons on social media i think i saw something the other day that was like 
I would rather my kid be a stripper than an internet commenter. <laughs> I really, that is the first thing that I am going to teach my children. I hope that they never comment meanly on people's YouTube videos or else. Yep. Uh, so I want to know what is an instant turnoff in dating? We've talked a little bit about dating or lack of dating, but what is one thing a guy can do where you're like, nope, deal breaker? Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a deal breaker, but it's an instant turnoff when a guy who's texting me doesn't know the difference between your and your. (laughs) That's like a really, really, really big one. Um, Another one is, I'm trying to think. I've also just been typing too fast and I do it unintentionally. Right. But like, there's like a difference. difference. You know what I mean? Like you can kind of sense it. Um... I mean, I feel like I, that's like that's kind of like a big one that I'm like notoriously known for is like grammar police, and I know that that doesn't. I dated a guy who was dyslexic once, so let's just calm calm down. Like it's not like it's a total deal breaker, although that was very stressful on my OCD grammar self. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if anything, it's I kind of have things that like I kind of have more musts. Like for me, like I I need to date a guy who believes in God. That's really important to me. Um, and I've dated someone who's Jewish, so it's not like they necessarily need to be Catholic, although I, you know, that had its own complications. Um, Just someone who's grounded in their faith. Someone who's grounded in their faith and who believes in a bigger picture and who um, has a positive outlook for me. Like, I, I, I find it to be really hard to date someone who doesn't manage stress well because I manage stress abnormally well. Yeah. And I get it if you, most people don't. Um, so I understand that. But, like, I just need someone who I can constantly see trying. Um, and who's putting like as much effort into the relationship as I am. And I'm really not that needy because I'm a workaholic. So I can't expect you to like be around all the time yeah. or be present all the time because I'm, I'm not necessarily going to be able to do the same. So I think like trust is really, really important. I can't date someone who's jealous like that to me. I can't, I just can't do, especially in this industry. Um, and I think just most importantly, like someone who like actually believes in relationships yeah, and, and, and believes in me and like supports a, a woman who like wants a career. Like I dated someone who I think he like fell in love with the idea of me, which is interesting. Cause I, like, I know he fell in love with me, but like the long term, I think he believed like, Oh, so you're going to like be a stay at home mom and you're going to like do this, this and this. And like, in three years, do this. Like, I don't want to get too specific because I don't want to, like, call him out. So yeah. it's probably not going to make sense to you guys. But, um, and yes, of course, I would love to be a stay-at-home mom at some point. But, like, I would need to work a lot first. And I, I need to have that fulfillment. Or I need to have, like, my own activities. Like, I don't – like, I want you to support me as much as I'm supporting you and to trust yeah. me when I'm gone and all that stuff. So You have certain goals that you want to accomplish. Yeah. And you don't want to be on someone else's timeline, too. I totally get that. Yeah. I recently actually created a list of needs and wants in a relationship. I'm not going to settle for someone that doesn't fulfill these things. They're not outlandish things. It's like, likes their family, likes my family. I mean, you don't even have to really like your family, but... Like, likes my friends, or, like, at least doesn't mind hanging out with them, but, like, don't talk shit about my friends. Like... You've had that before? Oh, yeah. I mean, we could. This should be a dash thing. You should come on a dash, and we yeah. can talk about deal breakers because this is something we could talk about for days and get into specifics and all sorts of crazy things. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, this is only an hour long podcast, but this could really be hours on end. <laughs> days. Hypothetical. 
you're on a first date, you have a ginormous wedgie. Do you pick it, and how do you go about it? Mm, I feel like this has probably happened. <laughs> I've, I'm like, sure, I've done it. I'm like, I'm like pretty smooth about that kind of stuff, okay. though. I feel like I'd probably pick it, but it would be like really, really smooth. Yeah, I think I'd probably like do like a swoop around the back, like towards like whatever skirt. Hopefully, I'm, I mean, if I'm wearing a skirt, I guess it would work. Dress, maybe not so much, and just kind of like pull on the top part and hope that it like comes undone and like do a little butt wiggle. Um, but I mean, you got, you gotta, you gotta handle it or not or not, or just like let it happen. As long as it's not interfering with like how your outfit looks. What if he's like, why are you wiggling your butt? I'd be like, (laughs) cause I'm trying to wiggle over to you. (laughs) Do you want to dance? Do you want to drink? Or I, I, I'd probably just like try to go to the bathroom or something. I don't know. But then he sees it as you walk away. Sidestep it. <laughs> Just slowly back out of the room. Goodbye. I am going to retreat to the bathroom. <laughs> it's, like, um, it's like in um, what movie is it? Like American Pie, whatever number it is, when Jason Biggs accidentally has like the strippers over for the bachelor party, and there's like the male stripper <laughs> who like is actually wearing like a sexy waiter thing that doesn't have like that has like the assless chaps and he's like good day (laughs) okay on a a much more serious note we are changing topics i just want to leave people with one piece of advice for um i I guess people that may want to follow in your footsteps and get involved in the industry whether it be hosting youtube radio i feel like you have your hands in everything at this point so what is just a, a quick piece of advice for, for those people. I mean, honestly, either said than done, but just do it. And it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like at this point in the world, like you can make your own content. No one has to see it, but there's no reason why you shouldn't be practicing, whether it's in front of the mirror, if you want to upload videos on the internet, like start tweeting, start blogging, start blogging. Um, and just like, start practicing because that's really where the most valuable experience is going to come from. Um, you can go to classes and you should go to classes and that's great. Um, but ultimately like the best experience is going to come from actually doing the work. So I feel like we could talk for hours, but podcast is coming to an end and that brings us to our shameless plug section. So if people want to find you, whether it's on YouTube, on dash radio, on TV, on all of the other platforms, where can they find you? Um, so the best place is just social media, Twitter, Instagram, um, that good stuff. Oh, Snapchat. That's kind of my uh, my, my little fake reality show. Um, it's just Giselle Ugarte, G-I-S-E-L-L-E-U-G-A-R-T-E. And usually you can, you can get like all the updates on where my shows are and where else you can find me on those places. Awesome. Well, we have to... Um, you can find me getting tacos and working out with Giselle. That's yeah. where you can find me. <laughs> so we're going to do that very working soon. Working out part and making cupcakes. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It is great having people in your life who just get it. And Giselle is one of those people for me. She is hardworking and still maintains her values And just having someone around you who gets what you're going through, through the ups and downs, is so crucial in this industry. Um, When I first came to L.A., I was 
terrified and excited and thought I was prepared but was not at all. And um, I didn't know anyone or have any friends out here. Giselle was one of the first people I met. Um, I'm having one of those weeks right now where I feel like I haven't accomplished anything in my life or my career. And after we taped, I thought about how both of us have grown up so much and how so much can change in just a few years. So, made me a lot happier. I'm also oddly craving a burrito after that interview. I don't know why. <laughs> um... So, this week, and for this week only, I promise you guys, I'm going to skip the Q&A section just because I wanted to give the interview portion a little bit longer, and I didn't want you guys to get sick of hearing me talk. But, I did see all of your questions, and I saved them, and I'm going to do a super long Q&A portion next week, I think. So, keep the questions coming on Twitter. Of course, use the hashtag, chattingwithkathy. And, yeah, we're going to do a, a longer one next week. So, let's also talk on Twitter. You can follow me at Katherine Kelly, and we can talk all the time. I'm also on Instagram at Kathy Kelly, Periscope, Snapchat, all that stuff. And, hey, if you have 30 seconds, rate the show five stars on iTunes. It helps other people find the show and just lets the whole internet know that it's worth a download. Thank you so much to Joe Jagler for rating and commenting this past week. You are the best. Huge thank you again to Giselle Ugardi for joining me today on the show. Make sure to check out her Dash show and just all of her social media stuff. Thank you to AfterBuzz, Kevin Undergaro, Bill Svitek for helping me produce this podcast. And most of all, thanks to you guys. Make sure to subscribe, and I'll be back with a brand new episode of Chatting with Kathy next week. Bye!